Hello, hello everyone. I am here. Let me situate this my little equipment. <laughs> my poor man's equipment. Alright, we're continuing to read from the PDM. The psychodynamic diagnostic manual. It's important because like I say, the world has gone insane. And um People are officially clinically insane. So when I say insane, I don't mean just in the figurative way. Oh, people are insane or oh, it's crazy. No, no, no. People are in this society is literally insane. And I want to point out and show you that it is in hopes that we can do something better or do something different or work our way out of the insanity. Okay, which where where was I? Okay. The ways in which we habitually try to accommodate to the exigencies, the exigencies, I'm sorry, of life and to reduce anxiety, grief, and threats to self-esteem are important aspects of personality. People differ in ways they adapt to circumstances or circumstance and defend against threats. And they differ in their abilities to integrate these special efforts seamlessly into the conduct of everyday behavior so that the specific efforts do not show as much. Depending on their cultural surround and a myriad of other factors, some patterns will be more adaptive than others. When our particular habitual ways of thinking, feeling, acting, and being with others contribute to our living Satisfying lives, enjoying mutual satisfying relationships, and pursuing socially useful goals, there is no problem. Gotta ask yourself, when do you do that? If they repeatedly cause pain to ourselves and to others or become preoccupying or conspicuous, they may constitute a personality disorder. And you have to ask yourself too. Where is the social space for what we're talking about? For healthy minds. Back to the reading. At the end or at the healthy end of the spectrum of personality, at least as it has been construed by theorists in Western cultures, are people who can engage in satisfying relationships, can experience a relatively full range of age-expected feelings and thoughts, can function relatively flexibly, when stressed by external forces or internal conflict, have a clear sense of personal identity, are well adapted to their life circumstances and neither experience significant distress nor impose it on others. By flexibility, we mean that they can look at a problem from several different angles and adopt one of several possible ways of coping with it. At the more disturbed end are people who respond to stress in rigidly inflexible ways by relying on only one or two coping strategies, for example, irrespective of the situation and or who have marked deficits in sense of identity, relations with others, reality testing, ad um, adaptation to stress, moral functioning, or effective range recognition, express and regulation. I think I read this in the last one. 
and talked about it. So, um, as there are an infinite number of lenses through which types and disorders of personality can be viewed, clinical observers, theorists, and researchers have suggested many different ways to conceptualize them. For example, there is vast literature in personality psychology on the big five factors of extraversion, neurotism, openness to experience, agreeableness, and conscientiousness. And here are some people they quote all through this book. There are people that Costa and Weidegger, 2002, McCray and Costa, 2003, and Singer, 2005. But studies of the relationship between these presumably bio-temperamental inclinations and personality disorder categories are still in the early stages. In this document, we have drawn on an extensive empirical and clinical literature to derive the best classification that the available evidence supports. But the nature of the subject matter is so complex and the literature so incomplete that our synthesis is of necessity both provisional and, though reasonable, somewhat arbitrary. In the following, we describe the most clinically familiar personality disorders in terms of the cognitive, affective, relational, and defensive functioning associated with each. When the empirical studies are available on a topic, we cite where they exist, representative, well-designed, and recent research findings. When we refer to a clinical experience, we cite writings from as far back as many decades ago on the assumption that the astute clinical description is not limited to the contemporary literature. In recent editions of the DSM, some personality disorders and clinically noted syndromes have been omitted because they have stimulated little empirical research. For example, although depressive personality disorders are common, they are excluded from the DSM-3 and subsequent editions um, putatively on the basis of a lack of research. See Hirschfeld, 1991, Kernberg, 1984. Rather than omitting under-researched disorders, we prefer to include those in which there is extensive clinical agreement in the hope that research will follow that, will augment and improve our formulations. So it's good to know how they put these books together, how you do research, how you become scholarly. You have books, you read them, you study them, what they're saying. You study them in their context, right? You put them alongside other pieces, and then you come up with an assessment. And and hopefully, at the end of the day, you use this stuff. Reading stuff just to say you read it and that you know it, just so you can say you know it, doesn't do any good. You have to use what you know. Um... I mean, you don't have to use it, but it's better if you use it. This habit to lord it over people is kind of silly, especially at this point. Um, So the next section, differential diagnosis of personality disorder as a class. Every every human being has a personality. I'm going to read that again. Every human being has a personality. And we should look at every person as a human being. 
I see a lot of people dehumanizing each other on a regular basis. People want to talk about fascists and dictators and how they're dehumanizing. I see dehumanization going on all day, every day when I go outside. Sometimes it's pointed at I'm dehumanized. <laughs> you know, so. But it's, it's always important to keep people's humanity in, in, um, in mind. I don't care how wild they are, how violent they are, or how hateful they are. You have to understand they're a human being that's hateful. Sometimes taking their humanity out of it could be more dangerous to you when you're assessing them. When someone's personality is so rigid or so marked by deficit that he or she has persistent problems in living, we may call it a personality disorder. In fact, there is no hard and fast dividing line between personality type and personality disorder. Human functioning falls on a continuum. The term disorder is a linguistic convenience for clinicians and the theorist denoting a condition that merits treatment. It is important to recognize that individuals with well-functioning, stable personalities have many features of the pathological personality types depicted here. One can have, for example, an obsessive personality without having an obsessive personality disorder. A lot of times, too, what I notice, if you can manage to carve out like a, the basics for yourself, you pay your rent, you have your own life, and you stay, not stay to yourself, but you take care of your, especially in the black community, if you take care of your necessities, you can do all kinds of wild shit and people will say, oh, they're, they're not right. But one thing I got to say, they keep a roof over their head. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. Which shows you how much the insanity it is. And um, in diagnosing personality disorder, an essential criterion is the report of the patient and or knowledgeable others that the patient's psychology has caused significant distress to self or others. is a long-lasting duration and is so much a part of the patient's consistent experience that he or she cannot remember or easily imagine. Being different, many personality-disordered individuals come for treatment at the urging of others, friends, relatives, or authorities who are alarmed by their disturbed behavior. Behavior that the person either discounts or is able to ignore. Others come on their own, seeking therapy, not for their personality, but for some more specific distress, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, somatic symptoms, addictions, phobias, self-harm, obsessions, compulsions, and relationship problems, among others. We'll stop there and um, continue. Uh, we'll continue on, oh man, I might not be able to, I'll do it early on Friday, because I have to go on Friday, I'm doing some vending, but I'll do it early on Friday, because um, that's one of the public ones, this one is on my Patreon, um, reading from the Psychodynamic Diagnostic Manual, and this last part where they talk about some people are referred to it. There was a story this week. It's a guy who had some mental health problems. 
he was having some paranoia. And one of his families in the Bronx, he was staying with them, but then they would had to keep their doors locked. And they had him a little room in the basement. And they said he couldn't stay with them anymore because he wouldn't take his medication to get help. He came to Far Rockaway, Queens, or went to Far Rockaway, Queens. I said came to Far Rock because I lived there for a while and I know people there. So he went to Far Rockaway, Queens to another set of his family and they gave him some room. And it's not clear whether he still wasn't taking medication or was taking medication and it stopped because the news report said that he was refusing. It was something wrong. They mentioned something about the medication, but didn't explain why. The news is so bad. But the point is that, you know, family members are often trying to push people into getting help. Um, personally, that story was 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 kind of messed up because um, I know a person who had two buildings. Old friend calls me his brother, but I was sleeping on the train. I have no mental disability. And I said, that, that brother was really fortunate that he had two families. But anyway, it ended up badly because the family in Far Rockaway, he ended up killing them, stabbing two police officers, and then they killed him. And um, that seems to be the way we're dealing with mental illness. At least black people have mental illness. Was You let it go. Nobody helps it. Until they act out in a public way and you can shoot them down and just kill them. And I'm sure that's going on across the country. Um, that's a horrible way to deal with mental illness. I think you should take people into facilities and really try to treat them. But then you got to ask, the, are there facilities that actually really try to treat them? Who cares about our health? Because to have a hospital or to have a clinic or to have a thing is one thing. But to have people who actually want you to be healthy, that's another thing. <clears throat> and to me, a clinic without the people who want you to be healthy, people who are just working for paychecks, I don't. that's not really a, a I don't know what you call that. I guess a workplace. <clears throat> but for the patient, you're not going to get anything helpful. You're going to get whatever they're instructed to give you. That's the same with all of our institutions, our hospitals, our schools, our insert whatever. Um, that's why I built a Connorsense Center. We need new institutions, new programs, new things. Uh, I thank you. If you want to support this podcast, um, hit the links. Become a sponsor, or you can even give directly. Uh, if you're watching this on video, then you are a patron, and I thank you and appreciate you. I don't have any patrons, so I'm saying this for future reference. Uh, until next time, take care and be safe.